Hello, my name is Tabby. I'm Michael. I'm Alden. I'm Zane. I'm Myra. I'm Ryan. I'm Valeria. I'm Sierra. And welcome to The Den. for the first time, finally talking to his best friend, Bob. And a special reunion more than 50 years. Well, two pilot takes to the skies yet again, Bob. Enlisting Rockers. at 19 and two sent off and took off from Tampa in a P-51 Mustang, similar to those he flew in the war. Veterans Day is coming up, a day to honor all those who've worn the uniform. I was a E-5 second class petty officer in the U.S. Navy. I was in from 2004 to 2011. I was in the United States Marine Corps, 81 to 85. I was communications, radio and telephone communications for an artillery unit. My job was uh, air defense artillery, and uh, that's a uh, ground-to-air missile system uh, called Stinger. I was a military police officer, 95 Bravo. I was uh, a sergeant in the commissary service. Mainly at big warehouse, delivers uh, food to different uh, outlets, Army, Navy, Marines, and Air Force as well. Uh, I was a Navy corpsman. When I retired, I was a battalion motor sergeant, master sergeant. Motivation for joining the armed forces can come in a variety of ways, and our guests had several different reasons why they chose to serve our country. So I joined the military because I had a lot of family that were in. I had uh, three uncles that were in. One was in the Air Force, one was in the Navy, one was in the Army. And so I figured I might as well go do it. And I wanted to travel, too. I'm from a small town in Texas, and I wanted to go see the world. Job market in Springfield, Missouri in 1981 was pretty lax. <laughs> Zenith had went to Mexico. Uh, Mueller's was laying off. Lily Tulip had, was on strike. Uh, it was a job perspective was not looking real good and graduating high school with no experience. Uh, I felt I needed an income of some kind <laughs> and the Marine Corps was seemed like, ah, why not? Well, patriotic duty, but also occupation. It gave me opportunities, gave me opportunities that uh, I didn't, didn't have at the time. And so uh, I think those two things combined. Uh, my motivation was my grandfather. He was a World War II veteran that was on Normandy Beach on D-Day. I had relatives who had uh, been prior service, so I thought that would be kind of cool. Uh, didn't think that I could make it in college, and I wanted to leave my small town of Seymour. And found out that not long after I left, I kind of missed Seymour, but enjoyed my time in the service. Probably the lack of inspiration. I didn't, I wasn't ready to go to college and I didn't want to just stay in town and do nothing, you know, just work crappy jobs. So I wanted something else to do as a farm boy. So my buddy said, let's join the army. Yeah, so I did. (laughs) While in the service, there are many environments that you encounter and where you lay your head down at night differs from branch to branch. On an aircraft carrier, we usually have big birthings. Well, for our job, since it's stressful for being an air traffic controller, we had a 25-man birthing and a 15-man birthing, the smallest birthings that are on the ship besides officer quarters. So it was pretty nice, but it was still compact. So you had three people. You had a bottom rack, a middle rack, and a top rack. 
So you still had like bunk beds, but it was three in a row. So it's kind of small, and if you wake up in the middle of the night and raise up too much, you're going to hit your head on something metal. So it was kind of tough on that part. But other than that, though, it was pretty nice. Uh, in Desert Storm, um, we, we were, when we first got there, it was this luxury hotel place that the rooms were empty and we slept on cots. But once we went out into the desert, once we got all of our equipment there, then it was, uh, tense and the desert was hot during the day, but it was also cold at night. And so there was, uh, um, many nights during the offensive that, uh, we were in our, uh, Humvees just, uh, sleeping there <laughs> um i mean when you're at your permanent duty station it's kind of like a college dorm i had sometimes it was just me and another roommate and then sometimes it was three roommates um you know you had beds regular beds that kind of a thing but when you were out in the field you were either sleeping in we slept in humvees a lot we slept in the little bitty pup tents um slept on cots and big tents Kind of varied depending upon where we were. Uh, when I, before I got married, it was a we slept in the barracks and uh, shared a, shared a room usually with a roommate and had a shared bathroom between two sets of uh, rooms. But after we got married, uh, I lived in base housing and it's it's kind of like apartment duplexes and such. So they're racks and they're also your storage space. Right. So they call them coffin racks. And uh, so there's three by either two or three by three or three by two, depending on how big the aisle is. Um, And they're just bunk beds, essentially. Um, But your your mattress sits in the top part of the compartment that your clothes and stuff go in. And so you don't, you don't have a lot of space and it's hard as a rock. So you don't uh, like, we had guys on board that were six foot seven and, and the racks are only six foot four. So you can just imagine their little feet hanging out and uh, just, just really uncomfortable, but you get used to it. You slept in the dirt a lot when you're training. I mean, a lot of training, a lot of dirt. Slept in vehicles sometimes on hard metal floors, but when I first started, they had open bays and bunks. Memories are things that we all share, good and bad, but when mixed with military service can sometimes add a new definition to the word vivid. In Pensacola, Florida, where we did my A school at, because I was an air traffic controller and we go down there and do schooling. And while I was there, I went through Hurricane Ivan. It hit Pensacola, Florida, and we had to move off the base. We had to go in town. We stayed at the Pensacola Civic Center for about two and a half weeks. We slept on the floor with blankets and pillows, and then when we got back to the base, we had to help rebuild it. Probably waking up on October 23rd, 1983, when the terrorists drove the bomb into the barracks and blew up the building in Beirut, Lebanon. Um, I was asleep in the communications tent. I usually slept there in case something went wrong. I was available and woke up standing in a, in a bunker with a flak jacket in one hand and a rifle in the other because a large explosion had gone off and um, looked down in our headquarters. Battalion headquarters was gone. The building was gone. Um, and then 
Um, went down the hill to the site um, and was immediately called away to reestablish communications. So I spent the next few days um, making a new headquarters unit and establishing communications for the line units. And so I didn't get to, fortunate to not be involved in the cleanup that was going on down there. So I didn't get as bad of exposure as others. Probably uh, being in Desert Storm. Yeah, the uh, the gas attacks, the the gas sirens. That was that's pretty vivid. That'll shock you. Uh, my most vivid memory is probably when I got shot in Panama. It was during Operation Just Cause, which was the invasion of Panama with Noriega. I was at a gate shack um, at about two o'clock in the morning, and the next thing I know, I was laying on my face. Being stationed uh, in Germany was uh, quite a event. Uh, I, uh, I had recently gotten married before going overseas and I had my twin daughters born over there. And uh, the commissary itself was more like a, just a, a nine to five job. Uh, the whole time I was in, it was peacetime. So uh, lots of uh, practice war tactics, but uh, it was all, all good. It was, it was real good. I enjoyed my, my time in. I was on a guided missile destroyer, and that was during uh, when Operation Iraqi Freedom hit off. That was like March of 2003, and launching tomahawks off the back because they let us sit right outside. It was the loudest, craziest thing I've ever been a part of. Life throws many challenges towards you, and the decisions that you have to make whilst in the military are especially difficult. Uh, the toughest choice is leaving family, you know, and going overseas. So didn't really have a choice in it, but I'd say that's the toughest thing. Probably the most important was whether to re-enlist or not re-enlist while I was in. And I chose to come home. I wasn't that angry with anyone. <laughs> I didn't feel the need to stay. I guess during that time, a couple of choices is whether to engage um, in a firefight with people or whether not to. Um, I think uh, I re-enlisted I re when I was in Germany. And uh, at that time, I was thinking about making the Air Force a career. And so I uh, have to re-up every now and then You know, when your enlistment is up. And I, I did that once, thinking that possible that I could finish my career in the Air Force. But as it turned out, I, I did close to eight years and got out. Going in and getting out, you know, there's a lot of what ifs or where am I going to go? What am I going to do when I get out? And a lot of uncertainties. But at the time, I thought I was, I was done. Mm, I'd, I'd say to re-enlist. Because when you get to your 10-year mark, you either get out or you stay in and make sure you're going to do the other 10. That's Me and my wife sat down and made that decision at the 10-year mark. So, and then we did 22. So. <laughs> Moments in the military are tough through heavy training and rigorous tasks. Being able to share the experiences with friends is extremely beneficial to the entire experience.
Oh, I gained lifetimes. Like, I still, on Facebook, Twitter, text messages, I still have people I talk to on a daily basis that I may not see maybe once every two to three years because they're still serving or they're living in another state. But there are still people that I talk to that live everywhere, and it's amazing. And I would tell everybody, go do it, because you don't realize how small your town is until you get to see the world. Oh, absolutely. Um, these are guys you spend... 24 hours a day with. We lived in an open squad bay, which uh, is just a bunch of bunks and wall lockers and everything is open. It's just one great big open building. Um, so you learn about these people, things you really don't want to know and things, <laughs> um, you know, we're in like in the restrooms, we have partitions. Uh, there it was just wide open, you know, just toilets lined up and it's, more information than a guy needs. <laughs> uh, you you develop a different outlook and um, coming from a sheltered environment to a reality of what uh, can be um, and what humans can endure. You know, I can't do that. And so, yeah, you can. Yeah. Oh, uh, relationships with the people that... Uh that you went through basic training and AIT and went to the same uh, base together, uh, you're going to bond in that way. And those were there's there's guys that uh, if you see them today, you you'd uh, you really enjoy it. People that you respect, people that uh, uh, have impacted you or that uh, you've had an impact on their life. They're the relationships, some of the relationships you make in the military are lifelong relationships. I'm still friends with a friend of mine that I was in with that he lives in New York. Haven't seen each other in a long, long time, but we still communicate usually every couple months. Uh, building friendships. Uh, lots of folks that I was stationed at uh, different places uh, still keep in touch uh, via Facebook and uh, social media. But uh, yeah, the, uh, met lots of neat people across the way that I would consider close to being family-like. Uh, really special ones. You don't meet friends in the civilian world like you do in the military sector. Uh, it's a special camaraderie and bond that is, I mean, you're friends for life. Um, so pretty much everybody, if any of those people I was on a ship with, if they messaged me or called me said, hey, can I come visit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I met my wife in the military, but as far as relationship, you don't meet many because you're constantly moving around every two to three to four years, and people come in and people go. You meet a lot of people and make a lot of friends for, you know, so time friends, and then when they leave, you make another friend. But I do have two friends that were in the military the whole time that I still get in contact with. Uh, what so. I would say is definitely go in and serve. And if you don't serve, support it. And the reason why is because you may not understand what's going on around the world, but there are people when they go in, they get sent to places they've never been, and then they have to do a job that they probably didn't know that they were going to have to do. Like when I went in and went overseas, did I know I was going to be security because I was an air traffic controller? No, I didn't know I was going to do that. But you get assigned that and you get told that because once you're in, you sign the paper and they tell you what to do. You don't get to choose. So just if you could, go to it. If not, at least support it. Dig as deep in your education as you can get. Absorb anything and everything 
that you can get your hands on, you have no idea what the value of that is. Little humility and a little discipline, just in general, recognize uh, the value of uh, other people in the way you treat them. Uh, be kind to people. And um, that that's what I would say, you know. You'll make an impact, a positive impact on the people in the world around you. I think it's important for us to understand the military and the way it works um, and helps you have an appreciation for what other people have gone through. It's changed a lot. But if you go in and see it, then I think people will have a better understanding of what people have gone through. I would recommend uh, everybody serve their country. I know it's not for everybody, but um, I mean, they instill a lot of values and I, I would recommend it. I know a lot of countries do it. Um, they make their young men serve two years or whatever before uh, when they get done with school. But, um, I mean, just memories made for a lifetime. I did things that 18, 19, 20-year-olds, 20 years old that, you know, some people will never get to do. You know, some people don't leave Missouri or, you know, just this Midwest region. And I've been overseas and... Um, it, it opens a lot of doors. Um, but of course, so does the college experience. I didn't get to do that. And, um, so I don't know, but I still, I still went to college. There's plenty of time after, um, to do that and, um, you know, live a full life. I, I did five years and still went out and did the rest of the things. I was just a little older, but, um, if you're thinking about it, I would highly encourage it. I'd say join the Army for the experience. At least one tour. Yes. I would join again, and I would tell everybody before me, go in. Even if you only do four years, it is an amazing experience. You get to meet a bunch of different people, and most of the time you get to travel just a little bit. Even though it may not be a lot of travel, you still get a little bit, and it's a great experience. Mm, wow. That's a, that's a really... That's a pretty deep question because there's so many layers to that. Um, if I didn't do it again, my life would be different because I wouldn't have had the same experiences. And so I'm pretty happy with my life. So, yeah, I think I probably would. Um, deeper arguments into that would cause different, you know, different directions of how that conversation would go. But I guess for my life and the way it turned out, sure. I would do it again? Yes, I would. I think... Um what I did is I felt like I was serving my country, which was what my grandfather did, so I would go back and do it again, yes. I would, yes. Uh, in fact, uh, there's been times uh, before I became over the age limit that I re you know, considered going back in. So, yeah, I would do it again. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I, I have four babies now, though, which is why I would not. But, I mean, just... I mean, if they called me back, I wouldn't be upset other than having to leave my kids. Thank you to all the veterans from our district and around the world. We appreciate your service, and we hope you enjoyed our second episode. We will see you next time on The Den!